This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Fourth Sunday of Easter A reading from the Acts of the Apostles Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed, Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, What are we to do, my brothers? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were added that day. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross, so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you have gone astray like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere is a thief 
and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice, as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep will follow him, because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, we are at the fourth Sunday of Easter. Fourth Sunday of Easter is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. And what I'd like to do is start off our commentary today with a prayer for vocations, because we indeed need good shepherds, good religious, and that vocational life here to help our spiritual uh, yes, lives as we well. Do. So yeah. let's say a prayer for vacations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we thank you for calling men and women to serve in your son's kingdom as priests, deacons, religious, and consecrated persons. Send your Holy Spirit to help us respond generously and courageously to your call. May our community of faith support vocations of sacrificial love in our youth. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. That was beautiful. That, that is a, we need, we need vocations in our world today. Amen. Um, so today in the Acts of the Apostles, you know, today's, which is actually a, today's Peter's proclamation, which is a follow-on from last week, it never would have happened if Peter had given up to despair. You know, we talked briefly last week about scared Peter to bold Peter. Please, if you are going through something difficult, never, please never give up to despair, because we see that transformation of Peter here. Please cling to that and that hope that you can have in Jesus Christ. So let's remember that and how important it is to always cling to the church, cling to the truths of Jesus Christ, and never give up to despair. And yeah. that's where we're going to pick up Peter's bold proclamation today. It is, it is. Kevin, I want to tell you about a movie I just saw. It was called The Jesus Revolution. Now, it's based on this phenomenon that happened during the 60s. It was when hippies that were looking for something better than what drugs and unrestricted sexual encounters had to offer. Uh, there were hundreds of them that would head out to the public beaches where there were mass baptisms taking place. Overall, it was a good thing in that an entire generation was rediscovering Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Now, there are a few indiscretions sprinkled throughout the movie. You know, there were hints that some of the young people had already been baptized, but they'd been become disillusioned by what they saw in the older generations as, you know, being hypocrites and that 
finally they did have a change of heart and they then were also baptized out in the ocean. Well, the problem with this, as we know, is that there is only one baptism and no such thing as rebaptism. But without knowing for certain, you know, the numbers of those who were simply going out, going through the motions and those were who truly being baptized and whether or not the proper formula for baptism was being used and so on and so forth. Even the movie, The Jesus Revolution, it paled in comparison to what we hear about in this reading, how in a single day, 3,000 people were baptized. And remember that this was way back in the early days of the church. And becoming, being a a Christian, being baptized wasn't a popular thing. You know, it didn't make the cover of Time magazine. And as the church grew in numbers, so also grew hatred, hatred against the Christians. Yeah, that's true. But Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That that call, that response to that call is stronger than any fear that we, we have today or even back then and how important that is. And I thought I'd bring up a couple comments about baptism. Uh, the primary definition of the verb baptismo, uh, baptizo is to immerse. And you know, Christ the righteous suffered and died to save the unrighteous, me, you, uh, all of us. And much like Noah's family was saved through water, so Christians are saved through the waters of baptism. And the catechism of the Catholic Church really sums it up beautifully. The baptized have put on Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, baptism is a bath that purifies, justifies, and sanctifies. And that's why we see in Mark 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and who does not believe will be condemned. And this is such a prevalent thought throughout the history of the church is that even Martin Luther, of course, the Protestant um, uh, who turned Protestant, (laughs) recognized that baptism is necessary for salvation. He wrote this in his large catechism. Baptism is no human plaything, but is instituted by God himself. Moreover, it is solemnly and strictly commanded that we must be baptized or we shall not be saved. We are not to regard it as an indifferent matter then like putting on a new red coat. It is the greatest importance that we regard baptism as excellent, glorious, and exalted. So even the primary figure of the Protestant Reformation tied baptism to salvation. Well, yeah, and confirms that this is a sacrament, that this is not just a a ritual, a a rite of passage. Yes, that's exactly right. And and, and living as a baptized Christian in today's world, listen to these words in this first first reading, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. (laughs) How how true that is today, right? And I I think the call is, as living as that baptized Christian, we want to make sure that we do not become numb to the sin of today's world. How important that is to really make sure that we live by the teachings of Christ because we get so many things bombarded us through social media and all the internet things. And it, we just need to make sure that we can still recognize sin and not become uh, numb to it. And that's easy to do in this day and age. Yeah, it is. You're right. And really that's kind of in the second reading in 1 Peter, we talk about how Christ suffered for you and he will leave you an example that you should follow his footsteps. Proverbs chapter 11 says, he who belittles his neighbor lacks sense, right? If we come back to that being numb to sin, if you think about all of the uh, comments that get posted on social media and Instagram and all mm-hmm. the all the uh, YouTube and other right. sorts of platforms here, how often you see really vile hatred towards yeah. a person. 
right? And what we see here in Christ's life is he never belittled or uh, attacked the person. He always attacked the idea he of the sin. He challenged the lifestyle. Exactly. exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. And I think we also need to do that as well. We need to be patient when we suffer for what is doing good, which is that opening line in the second reading here. So when we stand um, for something, we're going to be labeled as intolerant, <laughs> but we still need to have um, a suffering to seek for what is good. Because even though uh, intolerance is a common characteristic by those who will call us intolerant, right? We also need to bring that truth of Christ. We need to continue to suffer to end abortion. We cannot allow the murder of these innocent children to continue to infect our society. We have to suffer for the true meaning of marriage. You know, it's not a civil rights issue. It's it's both pre-political and prehistorical. It's based on natural law. We have to recognize biological reality. God made man, male and female, he created them. So all these things also can be arrived at just at through reasoning. It doesn't re- take a religious argument. So please think through these things, but know indeed that we are going to suffer for Christ's tri- uh, truth in our world today. Absolutely. Well, finally, in the gospel, we have the gospel according to John and a lot of sheep, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. And we hear a lot about Jesus talking about voices and what we're going to listen to. You know, they will follow us. They will They will not follow a stranger, Jesus says. They will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. And he says, when the shepherd walks ahead of him, the sheep will follow him. Well, in our world today, there are a lot of voices calling us, you know, to buy this, travel there, experience that. And not everything is bad, but an excess of anything is bad. Powerful voices in this world tell us that in order to be happy, we have to have it all. And in order for it to count, it must be excessive. You know, there are those who are influenced by these voices, those who buy into the lie and they mistake temporary satisfaction for true happiness. And they're soon disillusioned because when a disordered appetite is fed, it will continue to grow and people will resort to extreme measures to find satisfaction. The negative outcomes are manifested in many ways. Drug abuse, sex abuse, divorce, murder, and suicide. So when the voices in this world promise happiness in exchange for moral compromise, it's never worth the price. Hallelujah. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.